Welcome to the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jenna Barr. This show is presented by Dr. Ben McMillan of the Neal Clinic, who's responsible for information and opinions expressed during the show. All right. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show again this week. My name is Dr. Ben McMillan. I am a chiropractor, and I own Neal Clinic Comprehensive Healthcare. I'm always honored to be included as part of the Pensacola Expert Panel, and today I'm going to go over why you may need to see a chiropractor and sort of the role that chiropractic care plays in the healthcare world, because if you've ever dealt really with any kind of health-related issues, you know. You know that this healthcare world can be a very confusing system to navigate. Uh, it really is. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. But first, you know, why, why are some of the reasons people go see chiropractors? Jenna, you've been to a chiropractor before. What got you started going to a chiropractor? What started was in 2013, I was in a very difficult um, situation after a car accident, didn't realize yeah. how much trauma was experienced and started going regularly for my healing. Then once I started to feel better, I noticed that having the chiropractic care just helped me overall in the way my body felt after workouts, um, even just in everyday activities, picking up kids, going grocery shopping. Yeah. The, uh, car accidents are a big one. Um, that's, that's a lot of people's initial kind of entry into the chiropractic world, because when you're in an auto accident, first thought is let's, let's go to the doctor. I'm in a car accident. I'm hurt. Let me make sure nothing's broken. Right. That's a good first step for most people. Uh, once they take all the scans, x-rays, nothing's broken, nothing's bleeding internally that's pretty much the end of the road there you're you're released and they say come back and see us in two months if it, nothing's changed and they give you some medications uh fortunately that's not where most people stop and a lot of people will go to see a chiropractor after an auto accident because there's a lot of damage done to your body in there so that's that's good that that was where you ended up after the accident and again, like, like she said, after people start going to a chiropractor and realizing how good their body feels after everything's moving the way it should, then they start to realize the big benefits to chiropractic care. Uh, so, so yeah, that, those are pretty common reasons to be in a chiropractic office. I'd say the number one reason that I see most of my patients is almost always because of pain. Uh, you know, I really don't count that as a, like a, a cause is that's not a cause for somebody to come in, right? That's just a symptom, but it's the cause of that pain that is, of your pain, really, that's important to me. And there's only so long that people can kind of wait out their back pain or their neck pain, you know, they'll try and sleep it off or, or just, you know, oh, this will get better. There's only so long of that before they'll begin to do something about it. You know, that may be, maybe they start and they go see their primary care doctor, or if it's bad enough, I've had patients start off in the emergency room, or maybe they did go see their chiropractor first, but there's a couple different options, you know, when you begin your journey through that healthcare system. So let's talk this morning about a couple of the other causes, right? We have car accident. Um, let's talk about a couple of the other 
instances where you can kind of start into the chiropractic world or, you know, where you start in, in the healthcare system for some of these causes of pain. One of the, the most painful conditions that I will see in my clinic and whether that's their first stop or not, uh, are these disc herniations. Have you ever had any, any disc herniation symptoms or anything like that? Is that, yes, yeah, you're, two. you're in that you've got mm-hmm. two neck or lower back neck. Okay. I'm a winner, winner up top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing before I get rolling on, on this topic this morning, the, the real reason I'm here is really to help all of you guys out there listening. So if you've got a chiropractic question that you want an answer to this morning, text it in. I'll answer your questions live on the air this morning. And that's really, you know, that's where I come up with a lot of the topics for these shows. I'll make a couple notes throughout the week about, you know, these are things that I'm hearing patients ask over and over again. These are conversations and discussions that I've had, you know, several times over the past few weeks. Uh, you know, when I get to questions, I don't make the patients wait and say, you know, tune in Friday morning on 1620 and I'll answer that for you. <laughs> you know, I, I answer their questions then. But if they're having these questions and if it's coming up over and over again in my clinic, I guarantee you there's people out there listening that will have these same questions. So that's what I talk about. But, you know, if you're wondering about something this morning, text it in. There's a good chance somebody else is too. So let's make this show useful for everybody. Okay, so back to disc herniations and and this conversation that keeps coming up, especially recently for me in my world. Uh, Let's get into that this morning. Uh, They're they're pretty common, actually. Uh, So Jenna's not the only one out there that's going to have one of these. The studies have shown that after about the age of 40, the asymptomatic disc herniations in your neck are actually present in over 60% of males. That's a lot of people out there. That's a lot of listeners. That's more than half of you. But fortunately, those are asymptomatic, right? They don't have any symptoms for now. So that's a good thing. But there's a couple reasons why these are so prevalent in our population. And that's really because most of our lives are spent doing these things that are really the main causes for these disc lesions. Uh, In your neck, things like looking down right for a long period of time maybe it's while you're working Uh, that static posture that you hold over time is a big risk factor for if you're really ever going to develop one of these disc herniations in your neck another big one the improper sleeping posture again over time can really cause some damage in your neck and that's another big risk factor when we talk about these cervical disc herniations uh, for any of those of you out there listening who, who watch TV from bed every night, you know, you get that pillow propped up under your head and your chin's resting on your chest. Not the best idea. You know, if you've absolutely got to watch that show, got to watch TV from bed, sit up straight. That way you're not putting all that stress on the joints in your neck and your discs in your neck, you know, or, or even better, let's get up out of bed, go to the chair or go to the couch to watch TV. The, the bed's for sleeping, right? Jenna, do you, are you a TV watcher from bed? No. Good. I Good not. answer. Okay, I get one point. There you go. <laughs> I, I mean, that's always on those, uh, those lists for like good sleep hygiene, right? Like right. no screens. Turn the screens off before bedtime. Don't be watching TV. I mean, that's just not a good way for us to go to sleep, and it puts all that extra stress on your neck as well. 
These things don't just happen in your neck though. Uh, they can happen in your mid back, pretty rare. That's not nearly as common as the neck, but they're also fairly common in your lower back as well. And again, they're about in half of the people. The last number I read was a around 45% of adults will experience a lumbar disc lesion at some point during their life. Again, half of us. They're a little more common in men than women again, but these are also common due to our lifestyles. Uh, sedentary lifestyle, big risk factor for this stuff. Uh, driving long distances, that, that small vibration over time really wears down the muscles in your lower back and it really gets those discs where they, they kind of want to herniate. That's a big risk factor. Like the long distance truck drivers, that's a, a big population that has to deal with these that you wouldn't really think of. Uh, and you know, unfortunately for many people out there, that's basically their week, right? Like you wake up, you go get in a car and commute to work. You get to work, you sit down in a chair, you look down at your desk, your computer, your papers, whatever it is you're reading. Uh, then you finish up with work, get back in a car, commute back home, and then sit down, eat dinner, and sit and watch TV. Like That's the lifestyle for so many people out there. Uh, and if you have an increased like BMI, you've got a pretty high chance that you're going to be one of those 50% of people that are going to have to deal with one of these disc herniations at some point or another. So how do you know if you've got one? Uh, you know, a lot of these are asymptomatic initially, which is a good thing. But let's say you're that person that wakes up and is, you know, you're, you're that 40-year-old that's waking up every morning, driving 30 minutes to get to the office. You sit in the chair for the majority of the day. You've got all those risk factors, right? Oh, and again, these things peak in the 40s. So the what you see is that these initially are going to start out it's just like a sore or achy neck, maybe in your lower back, it just, it's a little achy. And most of the time, many of us don't really do anything to address that. And that's problem number one. I mean, uh, hopefully most of us are aware that, you know, we really shouldn't be sitting down all day, every, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, Monday through Friday. Like I hope by now we've at least realized that, right? They're standing desks, they're telling you to get up, stretch, there's a lot of information out there about how bad just sitting for that long all the time is. But when you start feeling some pain while you're doing something just like sitting at your desk, that's your body's way of saying, you know, hey, get up, there's something wrong here. But that alone is probably not a disc herniation at first. You know, that's just a sign that the joints and discs are having extra stress put on them from holding those positions for so long every single day. You know, it's pretty rare that somebody starts a new job and that first day they sit down and they're like, man, my neck is killing me after the first day of work, right? This is five years in and they've been doing the same thing, sitting in the same chair, haven't really taken a lot of time to set up their desk the way they should. That's when we start to notice that stuff. It takes some time for these things to happen. But boy, would I love it if more patients came in and started at that stage, right? let me help you before we get down that road into degeneration and into that disc herniation and the pain just keeps on compounding and compounding. You know, I'm not going to try and convince you to change careers and, and get a new job where you don't have to sit. Uh, that's, that's not the way that that works. 
but there's a ton of ways to really mitigate these symptoms. We can correct your posture. We can change the way your desk is set up to really be optimal for your body. And utilizing chiropractic spinal manipulations to get the joints moving the way they should be, if we combine that with a few stretches and exercises, we'll take you from that 50% of the people that are really likely to have these to that other group that will never have to deal with that. Which is, the, by the way, that's the side of the, the equation you're going to want to be on. You don't want to have to deal with one of these things because, yeah, some of these are asymptomatic. But I'll tell you what, if you're in the symptomatic group, you're not going to have a, a good couple weeks or months. Okay, but let's get back to this, this office worker with that achy neck and back. Let's assume they just did what most people do and kept showing up to work and not really addressing the issue. A few months later, this neck pain's getting worse, but now they're beginning to notice they, they got some like tingling, some numbness in that wrist and hand. And it's not constantly there, right? If, if they look up from their computer for a few minutes, they kind of, they do this thing where they'll shake their hand out. I do that motion for a lot of people. Uh, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I do that. And it gets better. Well, now you've likely progressed to having one of those disc herniations. That's, that's one of the ways we're going to know. Those symptoms typically travel down the arms. If you've got a, a disc herniation in your neck, or if you're, if it's a disc herniation in the lower back, you're going to get some symptoms that are likely traveling down your leg, maybe all the way into your foot. Uh, but that's how we know uh, that it could be a disc herniation going on. And actually, this the sensation from these disc herniations can feel like a wide variety of things. There's a couple different ways that they're going to feel. Sometimes it can be like a shooting, like almost electric shock pain. Uh, sometimes it can be, you know, I'm, I feel this stabbing. I've heard, heard that the word ice pick dropped a lot. I got this ice pick in my neck and then it just kind of shoots down my arm. Uh, sometimes it can be numbness, right? Where you just don't feel like if you're, you can't feel your hand. Uh, that's another common one. Um, it can also be like a tingling, like maybe you sat on your hand for too long and now it's that like kind of tingly sensation. So there's a couple different ways this can feel. So it's not just if you've got numbness, it's disc herniation. If it's pain, it's something else. No, these can all kind of go in several different ways. So if you're having no symptoms, does that automatically mean you've got a disc herniation? Well, not, not exactly. Those symptoms, that traveling pain is shared between several different conditions. And one of those is going to be the disc herniation. Uh, you know, you can get this from arthritis kind of pressing and pinching on a nerve root. You can get it from something called central canal stenosis. We've talked about that on the show before where that spinal canal over time gets impinged upon. And now you're getting, typically we'll see symptoms on both arms or both hands with that. Um, but the main thing to know with this is that these symptoms are resulting from something, whether it's arthritis or a disc pressing on your spinal cord or a nerve root. Uh, in, in this case, those disc herniations we're talking about, it's the disc that's rubbing on the nerve. Uh, sometimes it can even be like a, a chemical irritant, right? That your natural inflammatory process, if you've injured your neck uh, and now you've got some inflammation in there, even just the, the chemical composition of that inflammatory fluid can cause these symptoms that are going to make that radicular pain show up. And that's why this stuff is so confusing to decipher between, you know, by yourself at home. If you start Googling this stuff, if you start Googling these symptoms, 
you don't know whether you've got some really rare tumor that's pressing on your nerve and you need to go see an oncologist. You're not sure if you've got a disc herniation and need a neurosurgical consultation, or maybe it's severe arthritis and you got to go see the orthopedist, right? I get it. It's, it's very confusing. Uh, that's, that's a tough spot to be at when you're just at home on the computer trying to decipher where you need to go, you know, and, and all the while this stuff can be pretty debilitating to have. Uh, it's going to change the way you do things throughout your life, right? If sitting uh, is, is causing severe pain, you're going to have to adjust because you're not going to want to go through every single day at work with this stabbing pain down your leg. You're going to change some things. You're going to have to call out of work. Uh, if you're one of the people that's got a physical job, right? Maybe you're in construction, you're out there building houses all over the place right now. You're not going to be as excited showing up for work if your back is just killing you every single day. And that's where your chiropractor can help. There's orthopedic testing, the, the history that I take. There's a lot of different ways that help me determine what the cause of your symptoms are. And a lot of times I can really help these patients with the activator method of adjusting on the spine that I use at the Neal Clinic. It's gentle enough to get those joints moving without really significantly irritating those nerves. Because I'll tell you what, when I see some of these patients, uh, we call them that they've, they've got a hot back in my industry. That's, you know, the disc herniation and that it's shooting down their leg. They're not really too excited about some of the manual adjustments where they kind of get bent and twist and somebody kind of pops their back. They're not looking forward to that, but they'll try really anything. So they're, they're in there to see if there's something the chiropractor can do to help them. The therapies that we can use at, at our clinic, uh, we use our class four laser. I just got a new one, which our patients are loving, by the way. That's going to dramatically reduce your pain and how long it takes you to recover from these injuries. You know, occasionally I do have to refer some of these cases out for a surgical consultation. You know, maybe it's an orthopedic situation. Maybe it's a neurosurgeon. But typically these are cases that are showing, you know, significant weakness in the arm, maybe some abnormal reflexes. They're, they're going to show a couple different signs or symptoms that are big red flags for me that I say, hey, we need to get somebody to, to take a look at this because we might have to do something a little more invasive than just the conservative chiropractic route. But you know what? The surgeons are going to tell the majority of their patients when they see them on that initial consultation they're going to ask if they've already tried about four to six months of conservative care, because if they haven't, that's typically step one. You know, unless you're one of those really severe cases with some, you know, dramatic neurologic deficits, you're going to want to try that conservative route before you start thinking surgery, before you start going down that road. So what is it, you know, why is your chiropractor the best place to start when you have these symptoms? Well, for one, I'm a portal of entry doctor, which means you don't have to have a referral to come to my clinic. Uh, insurance companies, they know that chiropractic care works, and they almost all have some sort of chiropractic coverage as part of their plans now. And I'm in network with tons of these insurance policies in order to make myself available to help the most amount of people I can. And believe me, you know, I regret it sometimes because dealing with those insurance companies is, it's, it's not really one of my favorite things to do. They're, they're honestly a pretty big hassle most of the time, but they did get one thing right. They know that if they're, they're subscribers right there, 
the people that sign up for those insurance plans, if those people can get better through a few visits to their chiropractor and avoid having these unnecessary and costly surgeries, that not only are their patients themselves saving money, but they're not subjecting their bodies to this invasive surgical procedure. You know, and I try and keep at least one new patient appointment open most of the days for cases like these, right? For people that are dealing with a lot of pain, maybe they've been to that primary care doctor already, but the medication just isn't helping, call my clinic, tell them you're in pain, and you know what is the earliest you can come in. We do our best to get you seen within about 24 hours. I can't tell you how many patients I've treated that saw their primary care doctor first, referred to the, the primary care, said, hey, I think you got this disc herniation. We're going to send you uh, out for a consultation with the neurosurgeon. And that neurosurgeon's office contacted them maybe five days later if they were lucky and said, hey, our first available new patient appointment, we're going to get you signed up. It's in about eight weeks. Eight weeks is a long time to deal with some of these symptoms. Uh, and that's why they'll call our office, right? And a lot of times I've got these patients so much better before they go to that initial consultation with the surgeon. They go in there and they tell them, hey, I'm not having any symptoms any longer. You know, and, and that's a great thing. They get to go in, they've avoided the surgery route, uh, and that really is a good feeling for me. I've got a listener that texted in a, a question. They started chiropractic care uh, about a year ago due to some hips out of balance. Now they go kind of every other week for maintenance uh, because they're a tennis player. Good, good. Uh, see, they're 65 and have some hip and knee pain. How do I know that's something you can help with? Uh, do I need to see an orthopedic surgeon? Okay, that's a good question. Most people uh, don't really know that chiropractors can help with knee and hip pain as well. You know, you, when you think chiropractic, most people think spine, right? Pretty common. But we actually deal with all of the joints. So hip pain, knee pain, that's kind of along the same route, right? It's a joint that moves. We can help treat that. Now, how do you know if you need to see an orthopedic surgeon? There's, again, there's going to be some orthopedic testing. If you're already out playing tennis every day, uh, I don't think you're going to have to have that hip or knee replaced immediately, or you would not be out there playing so much tennis. Uh, but that's one of the big things that I enjoy about being a chiropractor. I get to treat these people. I get to treat you and I get your hips and knees feeling better and now you get to go play more tennis and it's so much more enjoyable when you come home or you're able to play or hit that shot and your your knee is not just killing you every time you take a step on it and you know there are occasions where I have patients come in and say hey it's it's my hip or knee that's bothering me uh, and we try some conservative care it's initially a pretty short uh, short leash that we put you on if it's not feeling better within a few weeks we're going to look at getting some x-rays and that'll give us a lot better idea whether you're going to be in that orthopedic realm as far as where you need to go. Um, a lot of times these people have tried some of the shots in their knees or on their hips and sometimes that hip or knee pain, if it's kind of traveling down your leg, sometimes that is a, a situation where it's stemming from your back. Uh, so again, there's a couple different things. Um, that, that go along with this. Are you doing any kind of regular exercise outside of tennis, right? Let's build the muscles up after, you know, a certain age, the, the cartilage and those joints, the hips, the knees, those weight bearing joints breaks down. We have to build up some muscles to help take the stress that the cartilage used to be able to do. That's a big thing that can help with hip and knee pain as well. Uh, 
so yeah, ask your chiropractor next time you're there. Tell them about that hip and knee pain. I bet they'll they'll take a look at it and give you a little extra help and some relief for that. I'm running out of time for this morning. We'll finish this up next week. Uh, again, my name is Dr. Ben McMillan. I own the Neal Clinic. We're right across the street from Walmart on Creighton Road. My number is 850-479-2700. Give us a call if there's anything that I can help you with. Thank you so much. 